podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the Rewatch Project with Hannah and Mike. I am Mike, and with me, as always, is Hannah. How are you today? I am hot in the physical sense, not the, you know, ooh, she's hot. It is, yeah, it's warm, isn't it? It is warm. It's 31 here degrees here today. Yeah, which for a Kiwi and a Brit is, a, is that's a lot, isn't that's it? That's plenty, that's especially with a moon boot that makes my leg like. Oh God! Like it's, like it's on fire. Lava. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm I'm from the Midlands of England where it rarely gets above 20 degrees. So this is kind of like so. If we sound uh, sedated, it's basically just that we're just we're drained. We're drained from the heat. I think it's fair to say. It gets hotter than 20 degrees in the Midlands. Um, yeah, but not not often. Yes, it does. Maybe you were there for a freak couple of summers but it's freaking rare you're lucky if you get a week a year where it's just 20 degrees or more but uh yeah it is hot it is hot as balls uh here in uh, here in new zealand um but we are coping we're coping and we are back and we are continuing through season three yep of marvel's agents of shield uh we're still in we're in the early new year now but uh the uh it's been a bit of a gap actually since we recorded the last episode uh, I actually posted that today, uh, so we don't have any feedback about that yet because it's uh, has only been up for a couple of hours. Although, um, but I, I would remind you to email us at rewatchprojectpodcast at gmail So are you going to say that? There has been a YouTube comment just from. Oh, yes, I replied actually. Um, Silver Surfer saying, "Looking forward to listening to us talk out about his favourite show." I'm assuming E. I could be wrong. Um, going to be interesting to see if you know about all the behind the scenes drama during season three i don't know if you do or not but i do no no this is a show that apart from really the big things i know little to nothing about the behind the scenes so please write in yeah love to hear it yes at ginstroker versus ginstroker versus punter at rewatchprojectpodcast at gmail.com and you know voicemails uh typed out traditional uh, penned emails uh, are also welcome and I do want to remind you uh, and myself because I always forget to say this uh, to go over to Pod Syndicate that's wearepodsyndicate.com just to check out all of the other shows like um, his film her movie the Iron Sequel Film Bastards Entertainment Landfill and she's Dragon vs. Spender so uh, yes uh, Hannah what are we talking about tonight? Tonight's episode is called Purpose in the Machine Um the synopsis says Fitz and the team enlist the aid of an Asgardian to unlock the secrets of the ancient monolith that swallowed Simmons and Agent May is at a crossroads in her personal and professional life Fitz and the team that's like cool in the gang isn't it indeed um, directed by Kevin Tankerowen and written by DJ Doyle cool I mean it seems that outside of the um Showrunners DJ Doyle seems to be the kind of uh, well, a key writer, really. Well, he wrote the last episode as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, no, if you remember, he actually didn't. That was an error on IMDb. Do you remember how he uh, came? Up? Yeah. Yeah. But regardless, he yeah he is a, a key voice 
on this show. So, uh, well, should we get straight into it, Hannah? Yep, let's go for it. Okay, so what we will do is we will watch the episode and we will hit pause. And then when we return, we will do a non-spoiler talk. And uh, we might sneak in a little bit of spoiler stuff at the end if we feel sufficiently moved to do so. So let's get it on. This podcast you're listening to, pretty good, isn't it? Only problem is, it's about halfway through. Pretty soon, it'll be over. And then what are you going to do? Well, if you're a fan of this show, why not head over to wearepodsyndicate.com and subscribe to our brand new feed, Pod Syndicate The Bonus Shows. Every week, your hosts from Beyond the Neon, Chinstroker vs. Punter, Entertainment Landfill, Film Bastards, His Film, Her Movie, and What's On Tap will be dropping bonus shows right onto that feed. These shows might be collaborations and crossovers, or they might be archive episodes, interviews, one-offs, and other treats from across the Pod Syndicate network. So, prepare yourself for the inevitable disappointment of this Pod Syndicate show ending by heading to wearepodsyndicate.com and clicking on the bonus shows. We now return you to your regularly scheduled Pod Syndicate podcast. CSVP Combat! Player one, choose your character. Tired of film and television podcasts where the hosts exist in a blissful state of agreement? Player two, choose your character. While you're in luck. Punter. Round one. Fight. Allow me to introduce you to the Chinstroker vs. Punter podcast, featuring two film and television fans from Birmingham, England, who enjoy their media in very different ways. But anyway, that brings us to the end of the plot of Blue Velvet. The plot. I mean, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. <laughs> so join us as we catch up on what we've been watching from our own very different perspectives. Double KO. Round two. Fight. You can find us at csvsp.libson.com, also on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places that podcasts can be found. It just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. I just, just getting confirmation. It's just in, that's the third time though, I mean, am I, is this on? Okay, so we've just finished watching Purpose in the Machine, which is the second episode of season three of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which first aired on the 6th of October 2015. Uh, Hannah, initial thoughts? This episode is the first, I think, that you really see um, what we've been banging on about for a long time, about how S.H.I.E.L.D., like the writers, wrap stuff up um, speedily. Well, and, and not to say that they rush through it, but they don't eke something out just for the freaking sake of it, you know? Yeah. Um, the fact that Simmons got saved in episode two, I know of shows where that would have been half a season yeah. to get her back, you know, not not that quickly. And there would have been false alarms. There would have been, you know, they they he wouldn't have got her back on the first try, you know, like yeah. it's it's just incredible to me that, that they just barrel on in there and get it done well they've got enough story that they don't have to um, but how fabulous is that, that they've, yeah, got, yeah. they've got enough story that they don't need to pad stuff out yeah um, I loved it I thought it was brilliant yeah it's it's starting to flesh out where the world is now and you're starting to see inklings of how storylines are starting to develop 
Um, and that's really interesting. It's good. Yeah, I think it's really confident because I think that they they had a lot of you know tumultuous stuff going on with the show. Like, I mean, for example, in the first season, you know, for the first half of the season, it was very much there were so many eyes on the show because it was the it was you know seen as being you know the TV wing of the MCU. So there was a lot of hype about that. You know, the mm-hmm. pilot was written and directed by Joss Whedon, who just directed the Avengers film and uh, all of that kind of stuff. And I think there was a lot of pressure on the show to perform, and I think it was getting pulled in a lot of different directions. You had mm. what the creative people wanted to do, and then you had what Marvel wanted, and then you had ABC for TV people as well. Um, so I think that the show had a lot of um, you know difficulty kind of asserting its own identity then. Then obviously there was all the crazy shit that happened in the MCU story-wise, um, mm. you know, that pulled the rug from under the show as well. Uh, and then in season two, there was a lot of, you know, establishing um, new characters and all that. So it feels like we're at a point in the show now that I think kind of started probably about two thirds of the way through the second season, where the show has had an opportunity to truck along without any third-party external forces fucking them. Mm. So I think what you've seen is the show growing growing confidence in the sense of knowing what it is. Yeah. You know? And I think that... So it feels like the show's really only had about maybe 20 episodes to actually do its thing without any of these kind of disruptive elements. Yeah. And why? Th- and I'm a bit of a broken record about this, but one of the things that I see as well is that there's a lot of different types of storytelling forms on television. You know, you've got the, um, you know, the, 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 I guess the, what, what would you call it, the procedural um, model. So that's your shows like, um, you know, the A Team and MacGyver and Star Trek: The Next Generation and CSI. You know, mm. that kind of five acts, forty-five minute structure. Then you've got your um, where it's obvious when it's to be continued. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you've got like your ongoing dramas, your soap operas, your mini series, your limited series, your cable shows, long seasons, short seasons. And I think that what we're see you see here, and we've seen in the last few episodes, is that the producers of this show have absolutely perfected the formula of what this show exists within, mm. so that. You know, 23 episode four season of 42 minute episodes, um, you know, big pr- amount of production done in a year, done for a, a network with advertising. So it has to have those uh, beats every 10 or 11 minutes to take you into the breaks. Mm. And this show, I think now has got to the point where it's just perfected that, yeah. you know, yeah. and it does... And they've experimented with how long the storylines are, how short the storylines are, the type of stories they do tone. And I think that they've just found the best way of doing it. Yeah. You know, so we're seeing back to back episodes where it's really enjoyable and you want to keep watching. But that's not just the first five minutes and the last five minutes of the episode. Um, and there's a lot of stuff going on that's entertaining and pleasurable to watch so you've got the best of both worlds you've got the kind of the hangout factor and the kind of workplace drama that's enjoyable to watch in shows like 
the next generation and the West Wing, you know, just mm. watching people you like doing stuff you want to do. Yeah. Um, but it's also got the uh, addictive um, elements that shows like Heroes and 24 and Lost brought into things. Mm. And it's kind of synthesized those things really well. Mm. And I think that this episode is a really good example of that. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. Um, yeah, I, I think we were fully on board. Like, yes, yay, this yeah. is great. Yeah, and I think More as far please. as as far as this idea of um, not milking the storylines too much, I think that that a big part of that is how many storylines they've got. And I think that one of the things that the show does really well <coughs> is um, connecting those storylines. Mm. and not, not making it feel like they're just off doing their own thing, you know? That's, I mean, I really appreciate it because there is nothing worse than feeling like you're being strung along by someone who either A, doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah, or just doesn't have anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, or B, doesn't have anything else. So to know that they've wrapped up this particular bit, and it's not to say it's completely done with, yeah. but... The peril is out of the way. Simmons is retrieved, you know. So that's a big thing to kind of tick off the checklist. Well, what they do in this show that I think is interesting is it's not what will happen, when will they be saved. Mm. It's, here's an exciting thing, it's resolved, but what new questions and storytelling opportunities does this create? Exactly. And that's a much more... um, that's a harder thing to do because you've constantly got to be creating new stories. It is it's so much easier to think, well, okay, this is a concept, this is a character that the audience like. Um, we can coast it for a few weeks, stringing mm. this along, but this show kind of doesn't rely on that. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I would say, to some degree, Fringe is the same in that it, you know, what you're saying about, okay, this bit's wrapped up, but... It, what questions does yeah. it open? But I would say they're probably not quite as succinct as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at going, right, we're going to rescue her in episode well, two. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has a larger cast and mm-hmm. also is has a much larger canvas. But they're comparable shows in the sense oh, they're that they network. They're both 24 yep. episodes a season. They exist completely in the same role. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, like, I can think of of a couple of... Well, one particular storyline in French, which I won't go into just in case we end up covering it, but that is very... Um, it could have been resolved probably four or five episodes before it actually is resolved, yeah. just purely because, you know, you could feel yourself getting to the point like, Okay, enough now. I know you're still around it is, and I think that that's very specifically a you thing, though. Yeah. Because one of the things that our storyline does is something that you, as a person, just struggle to stand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think any sane person would probably have not have the same response. But are you saying I'm insane? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on this point, on this point, and you're, you're insane. How about that? I'm insane in the membrane. In the old membrane. Um, Okay, well, should we get into this? Should we do, should we do yeah, yeah. Old? yeah, so we open up in uh, Gloucestershire in the 19th century. 
Gloucestershire. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, or at least Gloucestershire, you know. Gloucestershire, That would be the pronunciation. Uh, this is this feels very weed, and this feels very much like an episode of Angel, or, you know, where you get you get yeah. to do a little bit of the, uh, you know, sort of Shakespeare in the Park kind of stuff. Uh, and we see um, some sort of poor sort of uh, poor pleb being sent off um, on a, a, a quest into the monolith yeah. uh, at the uh, hands of his presumably uh, social superiors. Mm. Uh, so we see him enter into the monolith. We learn in the present day that Fitz has breached the containment. Uh, so this is where we left it in the last episode where he was attempting He's busy to... punching the monolith. Yeah, shouting at the monolith. Um, and it basically it nearly gets him. Uh, it's a very mm. close call. Yeah. But but um, it's not it's not for aught because um, they learn they see that there's um, some sand on him, mm. and that because the containment, as the name suggests, was airtight, uh, that that must have been something that's come from within. Yeah. So that tells us that perhaps this is a, a, a in fact it a portal. Is onto something. Yes, yes, about this being a portal to uh, which is exactly what he needed. He needed a bit of the scepticism and poor Fitz is just not coping to go away. Yeah. Um, to be replaced by yes, uh, we're on board and and the thing help you. the thing about the team as well is that they can be cynical about each other when they, you know, when the script writers require them to be. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, once there's a little bit of evidence, like I think it's a nice moment where, because basically what he realises is that um, it's alien sand, ancient alien mm. sand. Um, and he says, you know, we don't know what this is. Um, but so, but immediately... Coulson, Everyone's on board. Yeah, Coulson's yeah. like, well, we're going to find out, and they're all in. And it's like, yeah. it's good, it's kind of like, you know, that moment of unity, that all of that... They, I do love that about them, that... Um, they don't, they're not like science deniers like you know if if Fitz comes up with a hypothesis or whatever they don't go oh but you oh, don't well, yeah I mean there's know. no there's no politics or ego at work here uh, it no. is just that they genuinely thought that he lost his mind uh, but it would be difficult it would be difficult to know um, whether somebody's lost their mind that was a great moment in an episode of the X-Files it's a, quite a later episode it's like the seventh season where um, Scully's just like Moldy, you're insane. This is just not possible, and it's like a real meta moment. He like properly just bitch pleases her. He's like, look how much crazy shit have we seen? Yeah. He's like, how can you say that? How can yeah. you say? How can you be cynical about anything <laughs> at this point? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, it's like on um, on Star Trek, they never say it, but there's always moments where stuff happens, and you're you're almost. Um, it's you know you'd be like is this just some weird Star Trek stuff? Um, like there's a great bit on lower decks where they're all sitting around in ten forward talking, and um, the the lead character just walks up and she's like, "So guys, are we getting up to any sci-fi shit today?" Because they know they'd be like, "Look, there's got to be some you know shorthand for this." Yeah, it's like on um, and that's a genre thing. It's like in the Walking Dead, the TV series that's been on for like ten seasons. Do you know they've never ever used the word zombie? Really. And it's almost as though zombie films don't exist in the world of The Walking Dead. Mm. It's like, and there's nothing about it that said that. It's almost as though by saying the word zombie, they're acknowledging that zombies existed in films. So it would be ridiculous that they existed in real life Mm. because it's such a genre thing. Yeah. And you get that sometimes. I think you get that in shows like this as well a little bit where... 
you know, if it was, quote, the real world, which of course it isn't and it shouldn't be, characters would be saying, oh, okay, so do you think they're mad or do you think there's some sci-fi shit going on? Yeah, yeah. You would have conversations like that if you were dealing with sci-fi shit yeah, all the time. absolutely, you know? of course. Um, but yeah, so we also learn, I mean, I guess adjacent to this, that the, the two other plot lines running in this episode are Hunter going after Ward, mm-hmm. uh, what Ward is getting up to, and May um, sort of off in a classic Whedon-esque, uh, I need to get away from it all because I'm not sure about anything anymore kind of hero quest kind yeah. of thing. Um, so we see that Hunter's after Ward. And actually, um, I know I said in the final episode of season two that 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 building is what I had remembered. And, and I had... What building, sorry? You know, when um, they're capturing... Well, when Bobby gets captured and tortured and she's in that building... With Ward. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Because remember I'd said to you I had this image in my head and I wasn't sure when it was going to occur and it was that. There is another one um, that I thought I'd made up, but it was from this episode. I had one of those as well. I wonder if it's the same moment. Um, The car park building when he's driving the car through. Oh, no, no, it wasn't that. um, Weaving through all the people. um, And... I'm fairly sure there's another moment in that car park building that I remember. In fact, I'm like 99.9% sure. But it's obviously hasn't happened yet. So, I'm, you know... My weird, random... I I remember very little about this episode, but I remember that one specific detail in huge clarity is the moment where they're lowering the obelisk into the hole mm. in the castle. Uh, for some bizarre reason, that image stuck in my head. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so as we mentioned, we see Hunters After Ward. We see Ward palling around with his sort of new Hydra friends. And trying uh, to, well, not even trying to. He's given it all that in a bag of chips. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm the, big bag the impression that you're getting is that he feels that Hydra got too fat and lazy so what he's doing is he's kind of testing all of the remaining people to see whether they're you know billy big bollocks enough to to be yeah. sticking around you yeah know? exactly um, we see the we see the um that colson and co go to see uh, an alien the asgardian alien played by peter mcnichol uh, i probably mentioned this on the last episode that he was on so the, the logic being of course that this guy is um very old yeah um, so and he's obsessed with portals and travel being as guardian as he is. Because he was in that episode with the thing that produced Great Rage. Yeah. 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 And their logic is that if there was anybody who was qualified to potentially have knowledge about this, it would be him. Yeah. Peter McNichol's a fun guy. He was the first thing I remember seeing him in. His first ever film, actually, is Dragon Slayer. It's a great 80s fantasy film that I remember going to see at the cinema with my mum. He'll always be from Ali McBeal. Yeah, Ali McBeal. Ghostbusters 2 as well, I was remembering from. I've never seen Ghostbusters 2. Um, It's not very good. Um, That's why I've never seen it. um, We're also learning that that Andrew, May's husband, he he basically, his role is, uh, he gets to approve whether any of the Inhumans can be part of this new kind of Inhuman sort of task force. Task force, yeah. Um, and Sky is saying that she feels that he's being too picky and that basically it's inhibiting her ability to do it. Mm. And I'll sort of mention it now, it's a later conversation, but I think it makes sense because what she's saying to him is, because she, when she speaks to Andrew later and confronts him about it, she says, look, you know, 
the the baddies aren't waiting around, and mm. he's and he reasonably is like, look, you know, a lot of mad shit's gone on recently, um, and he's kind of a little bit unprofessional about it. He talks out of school a little bit. He's like, well, Coulson's done this, and it's kind of, and, she, and she's like, whoa, okay, that's a bit odd that you'd bring that up, but um, but equally, like, he's right about that guy. He can't he can't um, turn the doorknob without melting. Yes, it. like, but, he's but not the, ready. But the counterpoint though, that. Daisy makes, and I've got to remember to keep calling her Daisy now, mm. is that it's not just about whether they are ready to Match be part of a, of, of, yeah. a, of a task force. It's about trust and giving them a place. And giving them the tools to start exploring their gift and yeah. seeing it as a gift rather than seeing themselves as being a but monster. not in the way that her mother did because that no. didn't work no no but yeah. like um and she says that feeling yeah. feeling like you have the backing of people who support you and um want good things for you yeah basically yeah. And you're, also, not, you're not a weapon and also um have had the same experience yeah um so we see um May playing golf with her dad, played by the wonderful James Hong. Well, one of the guys who must have some of the the, the he largest. He must have the best CV. Well, ever. I was going to say, I mean, one of the biggest IMDb. I mean, I mean, just Blade Runner. Um, you know, um, Big Trouble in Little China. He was just Seinfeld. that guy. So in every TV show, I mean, oh you know, god, yeah, you know, particularly he was in the eighties. Yeah, and and basically, he, he's sort of coaching her through and saying, "Look, you know, this isn't you." Mm. Um, we see um, Elliot, um, the uh, former Chitas Guardian, goes to look at the portal. And I love how kind of just sort of by gun he is as well. He's like, to the plane, <laughs> when they decide that they're going to go and do it. And um, I love how he stops and says, uh, am I allowed to say that? Yeah. And of course, yeah. yeah, you can have it. You can take that one. Oh, um, right. We see... Um, Ward and his cronies scoping out uh, Werner von Strucker, mm-hmm. um, who's sort of playboying it on the boat with his friends. And we cut in between this and the castle in uh, Gloucestershire. Um, Gloucestershire. Yeah. Um, and, we, and we see that Andrew declines the new uh, Inhuman as well. And uh, mm-hmm. and this is where, uh, you know, as I mentioned, Sky tells him that they need somewhere to belong. It's more than just uh, a recruitment drive. And here's the conversation with Coulson that. Andrew's sort of speaking out of turn, basically, and and feeling quite negative towards all of the team members. And yeah. I I kind of like that exchange that Bobby says, basically all the things that he she thinks that Andrew will have said about her, and and Daisy obviously winds her up and says, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't talk. About that. <laughs> um, we we go back to May and her dad as well, and we see that she was into like ice skating when she was young. But she decided to turn her interest towards the martial arts because mm-hmm. um, she'd rather, you know, dish out pain than receive it. Mm-hmm. We see Hunter appear, and I love the fact this is a great. There was used to talk about this on they were in Marlborough. The sound in TV shows when people pick up a knife from a surface, you know, like ching, <laughs> and it's like it, it. And they were take, they were making fun of it on. Um, and so in for like if somebody just picks up like just a butter gingerly picks up a butter knife on TV it's like ching it's like how often does a knife actually make that noise when you pick it up unless you're really sort of you know that's a good point and um, yeah so she she catches him um, sort of scoping around uh, we go back to the room underneath the castle um, when we return to Hunter and May basically what we see is that he wants May to help him go after Ward 
he knows that she's got an axe to grind against him and also he's just you know a lethal killing machine so it's probably uh you know useful to have around we're into cutting between this and then lowering the obelisk into the hole in the ground uh, and i like the fact that um, i kind of really related to this and felt empathy for it that um colson still keeps calling her sky yeah and it's like i bet that that was a problem on um set as well because i've got a, i've got a really long blooper reel of babylon 5 and um the amount of times after Sinclair leaves that people call Bruce Boxleiter's character Sinclair, not sure oh, really? because they've just got so used <laughs> so to used it. So used to saying and, it. Um, and it's just bloopers of them doing that. And Boxleiter's like, I've been here for two years, guys. Like, come on. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it is difficult. You know, it's like when, uh, and, it, and it's like, you know, you have that in the real world, like, you know, when people re-identify their gender yeah. you know, or their pronouns. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not, disrespectful to get it wrong it's just fucking human nature you know yeah yeah um, acknowledge it and move on yeah, yeah yeah so they lower the obelisk into the basement of the castle um and um we see the the tortured Werner escape so perhaps he isn't quite just the uh the trust fund uh silver spoon um you know person yeah. that we thought he was uh there's maybe a little bit more going on there they also they figure out in the um, castle that Daisy, oh God, <laughs> um, can basically quake it open. They, yeah. she, she can match the vibration frequencies and make it open. And Fitz jumps in with the fireman uh, lasso. I kind of I love the fact that that Fitz is the one that's realised something for Daisy that is not destroying; it's helping. Yeah. And I think that's good for her sense of well-being and purpose within the team. Yeah. That she is not just seen as a weapon as well. Well, she's also, she's using her power for something quite delicate and yeah. nuanced as well, as opposed yeah. to just breaking down walls. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, you know, and... Um, I suppose that could be her thing, couldn't it? Really, it's breaking down walls one uh, one heart at a time. Oh, great um, we, we so we see that um, Fitz finds himself in this alien landscape, and there's yeah. this blue sandstorm going on, and we hear uh, Simmons call back to him. Um, you and I'd have an argument if that was us trying to find each other in a sandstorm. <laughs> well, it depends how bad my glue ear was at the time because all sense of sound direction goes at that <laughs> <No>. point. <laughs> but I've got my glue ear. I'm really sorry. We should have fucking. We should have gone to the doctor earlier than this. I'm always telling you. <laughs> um, but he pulls her back with him, and 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 they do they do a couple of fake outs as well. Yeah. And I couldn't remember as well. Like I thought, oh okay. It's funny, you mentioned earlier on the fact that they don't melt this. I think, because I didn't remember it properly, I just assumed that they did. I mean, I was surprised you even saw it. I thought that he was going to get there, hear her, and they're going to, like, pull him back. Mm. Um, and then I was like, oh, God, no, he actually sees her. And then it's like, oh, we've got to grab her hand. So when he actually retrieves her, um, I was really surprised, even though I've seen this before, which is a, a damning indictment of my memory. <laughs> um, but, but yes, they do. They make it back. Um, well, in fact, in saying that, I thought that it was Coulson who got her back. I forgot it was Fitz. Yeah, yeah. well, it makes yeah. more sense that it'd be Fitz, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's also interesting as well that the um, Peter McNichol character, the Asgardian, says, I haven't heard the word inhumans in a very long time. Mm. 
Um, that's uh, quite an enigmatic thing to say. I love Hunter's reaction when he finds out she's still alive, and he's like, "Ah, oh, you beauty!" And he's like, Woo, "He's like, right, get some beers, yeah." Yeah. And he's like, "He's like, smile for once in your life, you know, <laughs> smile, love, you know." That's just, you know, you got to be pretty brave to say that to uh, to um, Ming Lo. Well, I think as well because he's just so happy in his life as she he lets currently stands. Yeah. Um, he's like, he's become one of those annoying wankers that says, "Oh, cheer up! It can't be that bad." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you haven't got a smile yeah. on your face, that might today. not happen. Yeah. Um, we get the sense that Simmons has some kind of understandable PTSD because you know she gets all kind of feral and defensive. Yep. Uh, and then we Get's see. Out. Yeah, and then, and then we see uh, Verna uh, enrolling uh, at college um, uh, with Andrew. Uh, so what's going on there? I wonder. But yes, Hannah, any final thoughts? Just bloody fantastic, bloody bloody good. Yeah. Very very good. Um, I. I'd give it a eight and a half out of ten, yeah. nine out of ten. It was great, loved it. Um, strong performances. I'm loving where the storyline's going, and I think I'm probably enjoying it more because I know where it's going. Yeah, yeah, that helps. Um, I mean, it's just trekking along very nicely. At this yeah, point, isn't it? I I really hope it continues with the momentum it currently has. Yeah, um, because it's. it's oh, I don't worry. I'm sure Lincoln will come back soon. <laughs> it's um, it's joyous to be a part of this particular yeah. world, and I think they've got a really good um, ensemble at this point in the yeah. show. Yeah, you know, I mean, people will go. I think will also having a break from the show to do Watchmen has meant I'm just chomping at the bit to get cracking and get into it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, don't worry. We're gonna we're gonna be trying to keep up the pace that we had um, through Watchmen. Yeah. Well. Um. I've got one very brief spoiler, so I'm just okay. gonna say uh, farewell to those who haven't seen all seven seasons, and for those who have. Uh, come back and join us uh, after this brief break for just probably literally just a minute or a couple of minutes of, of things I wanted to mention. But uh, this will be a good time as any to do the sign-off, though, before we return to the spoiler. So just a quick reminder that we do appreciate email, uh, particularly now we're back into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and we've had a couple of episodes of that out now. Absolutely. Um, you can do that at Silver Rewatch. Surfer, we're looking at you. Yes, yeah. Controversies, behind-the-scenes stuff. Yes, Tell us yeah. everything. Uh, but just, you know, listeners in general, because I mean, we're, 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 the, the Christmas season is over now, so... Uh, yeah. You know, we uh, we want to hear those lovely voices and see those lovely names come through. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, and you can do that at rewatchprojectpodcast at gmail.com uh, or through social media on Twitter and Instagram at rewatchproj, that's P-R-O-J. And also, please do remember to go over to wearepodsyndicate.com to check out all of our friends' shows and writings and uh, all of the other good stuff and also if you listen to us on YouTube then if you could just uh, subscribe and like and share and do all that good stuff that would be great um, but otherwise we will be back in a moment yeah. I'm clearance level 6 I know that Agent Coulson was killed in action before the battle in New York got the full report welcome to level 7 sorry that corner was really dark and I couldn't help myself I think there's a bulb out. And we are back. So, yeah, so the whole um, Simmons getting rescued, I didn't think she was because you've got that whole episode of her on the planet. Yeah. And obviously, I guess... Flashback. That's a flashback episode. But I thought that that all happened... I thought it was chronological. I didn't Mm. realise that they told it out of order. I knew that wasn't 
um, because Fitz, like from what I can remember, Fitz is like ready to kind of get things going romantically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, she's had that sort of relationship of yeah. sorts with the astronaut. Yeah. And actually, just on that point as well. Um, what I said earlier about how I remember Coulson being the one that was there. I'm now wondering if there's, if they go back at all into that world. To try and find him, don't they? Because remember the hive? Yeah. Yeah. But do they, don't they go, do they go back to try and look for that? Yeah, I think they do. Yeah. Yes, they do. Yeah. Um, so perhaps that's what I'm remembering. These spoiler sections are just... It's just us, like, not well, remembering it, it, what the fuck's going it's on. It's the help the aged part of the show as well, yeah. isn't it? It's like, <laughs> I'm going to start recording my five bladder movements at night time next as well. It's just like, yeah. I think this thing that we watched on TV... Actually, I mean, Christ, we're going back nearly a decade now, though, in fairness. I mean... Uh, yeah, it's yeah. been a while since we watched it's it. It's been a while. It's been a long time. Long road. I'll be long road. See? Our brains. <laughs> <laughs> Since I've gone for a piss at night. Oh, uh, actually, it hasn't been. We've, um, we've, we've got a lot on our plates. Like We can't remember everything. We're addled. We're old. I've been bitten by three mosquitoes. I just hope you know. Well, no. Maybe it's just one very prolific mosquito. No. It's three different ones. You can tell. Can tell they itch. <laughs> uh, okay, so yes, that is us for this week, guys. And um, please do stay in touch and contact us through one or more of those methods that we outlined before. We will see you again for episode three of season three of Marvel's Editor's Shield very soon. Bye bye. Take care. Podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com.